Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good evening and welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. Uh, my name is Chris. I have no Mark and no Emma this week. They've uh, left me for bigger and better things. So I've managed to drag in Colin from the Sunday show. Hello, Colin, you're right? Yeah. Great, great to be uh, pulled off the subs bench and uh, make it, making a, an appearance on the pitch. Great. Like Kevin Rooster Russell, if you remember him. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's a that's a, somebody only Leicester City and Wrexham fans would get. I think we've got many of them listening. Okay. He was a, a super sub for them. Maybe Steve Highway. I should have said. Uh, this week we're going to talk about the uh, European Championship qualifiers. We will be also be talking about Hull City being put up for sale, uh, QPR's possible trip down to the conference, plus this weekend's forthcoming Premier League fixtures. So we'll start first of all the qualifiers and England. We kind of worried on the pod this time last week. We said that Switzerland were a very, very good team, and we we kind of feared for England. They had a good World Cup. Um, we didn't, but we did all right, didn't we? It came good. Easy, Chris. Easy. You're, you're Team England, aren't you? For anybody listening. Oh, I'm teaming. Well, well, um, I uh, I lost a little bit of faith when uh, Super Frank. Um, down his tools and decided not to play for England anymore. But uh, that's because that's because Luke Shaw had never ever heard of Tony Adams, wasn't it? That is a great story. Have you mentioned that on this podcast? I, we may have. I can't remember. We may have done last week. But I mean, God forbid, who hasn't heard of Tony Adams? Yeah, I mean, Luke Shaw apparently hadn't heard of uh, Tony Adams, and uh, Frank Lampard was talking to him about Tony Adams, and I guess t- Luke Shaw said something like, "Who's he?" Um, and then he said, "That was the time when he was time to go." <laughs> that was when the time was up. Because, of course, in 20 years' time, Luke Shaw will be having the same conversation with somebody else saying, who's Frank Lampard? Exactly, yeah. yeah that's how it's going to go. Somebody not even born yet he'll be having that conversation with. Um, what did you think? You're, um, you're quite positive in England normally, aren't you? We gave Welbeck a bit of a slating on here last week. Well, on, on Welbeck, I mean, I think... Uh, I think he's maybe, at the moment, a little bit of a sort of love-him-hate-him player. Um, and I'm probably in the love-him-camp. Um I don't think he's ever disappointed for England. I think he's always put a shift in. And I think Arsenal have done some quite good business, actually, getting him. Um, and I think Manchester United might rue the decision of letting him go to a, uh, to a Premier League rival. Um, but, yeah, he's, I, th- I think at the moment he's, he's high on confidence. Yeah. I think he's very much a confident striker. And uh, Roy seems to like him. So he's he's got back in there. Um, Arsenal seemed to like him, so he's got back in there. So now it's his time to shine. He's just got to take it. Well, he seems quite... If he, go on. No, I was going to say, if he can get a run together now, this, this could be his year where he sort of really steps up to the next level. Mm. Well, I, I mean, I think he seems quite a likeable kind of guy. I mean, there's, there's some... He seems quite jolly enough, and he's always smiling pretty much. Um, but there's an Arsenal fan at work who's really, really pleased with this. Um, he thinks this could be uh, this could be the answer to their problems. I'm not entirely sure myself. I think they probably need somebody that's um, um, maybe sort of a six-yard poacher, which I don't quite think he is, is he? I don't quite think he's got that killer instinct that you want strikers of maybe sort of a, a, a linica kind of mould to have. And that was always a criticism that Thierry Henry maybe did at Arsenal as well. There was no fox in the box as he wanted. I think, he's, I think he's a good player. I don't quite think he's the standard that Arsenal want or need. Remy was available for £6 million less and he would have been a much better buy, I think. I'm not so sure. Maybe, when I, when I look at Danny Welbeck, I think he's maybe one of those strikers who... Does well if he doesn't think about things too hard. 
you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Jermaine Beckford being a Leeds fan, and if he thought about a particular how to score a goal, he'd sort of fluff it. Mm. But if he just went with his first instincts, he'd he'd do really well. I think Welbeck's that kind of player. Um, He's just got to do what comes to him naturally. And maybe it could be good for Arsenal because maybe they have a lot of these very good players, but maybe they sort of complicate things a little bit too much. So there's two, they're trying to be too good. They're sort of too skillful. And sometimes maybe you just need someone at the end of the day who can just twat it in the back of the net. It doesn't matter <laughs> how it goes in. Just, just, just hit it. And, and I think he's one of those guys who's just going to do that. Yeah, I mean, Louis van Gaal said he sold him because he um, he didn't score enough goals. Uh, Arsene Wenger said that if he was in the country, he only would have signed him on loan. As it was, he was doing some charity event out in Rome or somewhere. Uh, and they splurged sixteen million on him. I think that's quite a lot of money for him. But you know, I mean, we covered a lot of this last week. But he did well stepping into Sturridge's shoes, didn't he? I mean, they are quite they are quite big shoes to fill because Sturridge does have a good goal scoring record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I really don't understand Louis Van Gaal sometimes. He's he's made a bit of an iffy start, I think, already. Um, I mean, I, I, why did he have to say that about Danny Welbeck? He just didn't have to say, don't, don't say anything. If you've not got anything just nice say, to say, don't say anything at all. Just say, look, he doesn't have to put the guy down. He can just say, look, I wish him well. I hope he prospers. He's not with us anymore. I've got other ideas. Bang, there you go. He doesn't have to try and put the guy down. Now he's got a, well, but he's got a real reason to sort of stick two fingers up at Louis van Gaal and, and really prove a point at Arsenal now. Mm. Um, I'd love to see what happens if he, if he scores for Arsenal at Old Trafford. I'd love to see what his reaction is going to be then. I bet he wouldn't celebrate. Well, I'd love to see if he runs over to Louis van Gaal and gives him the finger. Um, what? On the middle finger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. But anyway, that's Louis van Gaal, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think he's part idiot, part turtle impersonator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. There's absolutely no reason to say that. And if anything, he's just written Danny Wilbert's... Um, uh, first ever team talk just stick those quotes above his peg and away uh, well bet goes exactly but I thought he did okay um, I thought the whole team did pretty well to be honest with you I can't think of anyone that had a shocker uh, I think the subs that came on as well did well um, Lambert set up well bet for his second Sterling played well I thought and got the assist for the first Rooney was really playing a little bit deeper do you think I mean I thought he had a pretty good game as well I, I I wouldn't be getting the flags out just yet for Rooney. Um, I think he's got to do a little bit more personally. But yeah, he, he wasn't his usual average terrible self. Mm. Um, the defence when called upon did well as well, didn't they? The um, was it Chaggy Oak? No, it was Cahill, wasn't it? They did the the, um, the clearance, sort of the last ditch clearance. I thought um, it wasn't. Spectacular! It was a solid team performance, I think. But Hodgson thought it was a bit more than that, didn't he? He thought there was good counter-attack and good pace and energy and the youth of the team was uh, was there to be seen. I think the thing that stands out is that Roy Hodgson's obviously trying to build a new sort of team of 25. He's got two very big holes in midfield now. They're the, the holes left by Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard. So he's got to fill them with somebody and... And I think he's got one already. Henderson. Well, well no, I'm counting Henderson as already in oh. the 25. Fabian Delph. Yeah, he did well, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did well. I, I think, you know, he's um, perhaps a little bit over-enthusiastic early on. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he could do well for England. He and Berami um, were getting to know each other quite well, weren't they? Yeah. That was quite tasty. But um, it's it, supposed to be the t- on paper that's the toughest fixture out the way, isn't it? Uh, away to Switzerland was the was the one that we all sort of looked at first of all and thought this could be the toughie. You would hope it's oh. fairly plain sailing from now on. Oh, England have, have qualified now. Simple. Um, the first game. <laughs> exactly. It's got the hardest one out of the way. Um, that's it. Uh, I, I can't see anybody really troubling England in this group. Uh, it could be a whitewash. 
you could argue it's a little bit farcical some of the teams that are sort of included in some of these uh, European qualifying groups because they're, they're only going to get trounced some of them um, but Gibraltar won yeah, the but, Euros the same number of times as we have well yes <laughs> there, there is that there is that I mean it the, the qualification's easy. It's it's the uh, it's when we get to the main tournament. That's that's when things come uh, a little bit unstuck. Yeah. But no, I think you're right. I think um, I think we, we, there's lots of signs of encouragement. I'm not quite sure we're there ourselves, but I think uh, there's lots and lots of encouragement. Other teams, other the home teams that um, played over the course of the weekend. Uh, Hungary won Northern Ireland two. That's uh, Portsmouth's Thomas Priskin scored for Hungary, while McGinn and Kyle Lafferty scored for Northern Ireland. That's a good result away from home because. Last week I said this was one of those sort of if you're Eastern European places where if you don't fancy it then you're going to get tonked by them. I thought they did um, they did very well with that result. And Germany, Germany kind of got lucky a little bit against Scotland, didn't they? But I mean the, the way that they got absolutely spanked by Argentina last week, you would kind of thought that there's some kind of wounded animal would have come out and absolutely given Scotland a hiding. But I think they should be very proud of themselves. You know, I think I think some people do sort of berate Scottish football, but I think that international team, although it's not excellent, it isn't that bad. Mm. Um, and I think under Strachan, it's getting a lot stronger. Um, of course, you're the man on the post uh, Scotland League expert, aren't you? Uh, well, in in terms of sort of, I keep an eye out for Celtic and Rangers, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but no, they seem to be a solid outfit, and 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 actually, I could, I wouldn't be unbelievably surprised if Scotland beat England in the friendly when they meet, which I think is this year, right? And I think it's in Scotland. Um, so I think England are playing Scotland and Ireland, both in Scotland and Ireland. Um, so so that could be interesting. Mm. On top of that, we had Georgia 1, uh, Republic of Ireland 2. Martin O'Neill's first competitive game in charge after a few friendlies, so that was good to get on to. And then this was nearly a bit of a banana skin, wasn't it? Andorra 1, Wales 2. Andorra took the lead. Uh, Gareth Bale had a few things to say about the pitch, which is a little bit churlish, isn't it? If you're an £85 million footballer, um, to blame the pitch saying it's the reason your team played bad doesn't come across very well, does it? Well, I don't know. I mean, I can see it from his point of view. I mean, if he's playing at Real Madrid and on a super surface and then... Because it was a 3G pitch, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, maybe it was just a way of, you know, deflecting blame from the team. You know, maybe just said, oh, it was, it was the pitch. You don't, you, know, you, don't, which, you don't think it makes him look like some kind of... Um, sort of pampered Madridista, a, di- a diva. Yeah, I think he probably is a diva already. I think he probably is. Yeah, I think you're you're right in that respect. But coming out and saying something like that, if you can't beat, if you can't beat people who most of the team aren't even professional footballers or struggle to beat them, then blaming the pitches a bit. And I, he may well have had more respect if he'd come out and said, "Look, we got it wrong, and we we were almost very nearly cocked up." Well, I mean, the thing is, as well, he, he's, I think he's worthy of his price tag. Mm. And have you seen the way that he's, he's changed recently? He's, he's sort of changed from this sort of quite spindly young man into sort of the Hulk. Mm. Um, I'm not saying I look at muscly pictures of Gareth Bale all the time, but, but he's, he's really sort of... There's nothing wrong if you do. Well, no, there isn't anything wrong if you do. Um... It's just that I prefer to look at beefy pictures of Cristiano Ronaldo instead. So, um, no, he's, he's he's sort of, you know, he's, he's a little bit. He's turning into a little bit like Cristiano Ronaldo, and, and maybe some of the sort of divaness of of Cristiano is sort of rubbing off on Gareth Bale a bit. And but when you're in the room, which is spotlight, uh, why not? Mm. Yeah, I'm just trying to get over the image of you looking at pictures of Cristiano Ronaldo. You come from a team where David Batty used to play for you. Surely you should be, you know, he's, Ronaldo's too uh, too pretty for you. <laughs> well, yeah, possibly so, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine you sort of, uh, sort of look sort of a bit of a rugged Mick Harford or somebody. 
Yeah, yeah. A bit of rough. A bit of rough, yeah. <laughs> right, well, that's the internationals out of the way. Um, home teams did pretty well then, didn't they? Other teams that didn't quite do so well. Portugal lost 1-0 to Albania. Talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Paolo Bento um, now is no longer the, the Portugal manager. They had a shocking World Cup. Uh, and this is not the, great, the, be- the best of starts. I do feel a little bit sorry for Cristiano Ronaldo. When he first became the, a Portugal player, they had a pretty decent team, didn't they? They had the back end of their so-called... Uh, golden generation, didn't they? With uh, Luis Figo and various others whose names I've forgotten, unfortunately. Uh, Sergio Conceição and people like that. Um, now he's left with a load of bloody Sunday League clodhoppers, isn't he? Well, it, it's not unusual for Portugal to have the odd shocker. No. Um, on on manodpost.com, um, Tom Lana from the, the Sunday show, he, he's into his tipping and betting and what have you mm. and uh, he, he put a few predictions in there and uh, so for example he predicted correctly a, a Gareth Bale brace um, and I think he predicted all of them right apart from one that let him down mm. but he now never bets on Portugal because they will lose games that you would think impossible to lose he never bets on um, Liverpool either does he does he not? No, I'm sure it's he that said. One of you, I was listening to one of your pods, and one of you said they never bet on Liverpool and Portugal for the same reason. I think it may have been Tom. Could well be, but likewise, he stays well clear of Portugal because they are very prone to having occasional iffy results. Mm. Uh, and the other team was poor old Gibraltar. They got tonked seven 0 by Poland, which uh, is a bit of an introduction to. Um, the world of European qualifying, I'm sure. And they're in the same group as Germany, aren't they? Yeah. Now, a guy at work, his friend um, qualifies to play for Gibraltar. And I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he played for them the other day. So this poor Cornish lad from a small little village who's now uh, played against Poland and Lewandowski and soon he's got to go play against Thomas Muller and all that lot. It's good, though, isn't it? It's good there's a Gibraltar team. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think so. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between the um, the arguments people have about the smaller teams. I think, in some ways, they've got every right to be represented at group level. Uh, why shouldn't they? They're a, they're a, um, not just Gibraltar, but you, you think smaller teams like Liechtenstein and Luxembourg and people like that. They're they're affiliates in their own right. Why shouldn't they play? But at the same time, is it good for their development? If you play against the bigger teams, all you're going to do is stick ten men behind the ball and not and not develop. If there was a smaller if it was a qualifying group for smaller teams, you'd encourage more open play between them. Maybe their players would improve. Yeah, I guess the the only argument for for including them at this stage is is money. Um, you know, if you get you know in a group, you can normally get one big team, mm. and uh, so if you're playing, even say the likes of England, you know you're going to get some good money there from when England come to play at your your place. Um, and obviously, when you know, so for example, during England's qualifying campaign, when when England play abroad, I'm sure what you'll see uh, in a lot of the upcoming games, it'll just be full of English adverts. Mm. You know, it won't be local adverts on on the sidelines. It'll be Pucker Pies or Adidas or something. I don't know, you know, but it'll be. I bet they've got Adidas no, in Gibraltar. Maybe not Pucker Pies. Yeah, maybe not. El Pucker Pies. But, but, I mean, it, it could be potentially a cricket score, couldn't it, when they play Germany? Oh, indeed. Indeed. But, yeah, it's, it's a fine line. They've got every right to play and participate, but would it be better for them if they played in a smaller group and you know encourage their players? But it is good to see. It is good to see the smaller teams represented. Uh, moving on to domestic matters... Hull City are up for sale. Uh, the chairman has lost his fight to change the name of the club to Hull Tigers. So he said, uh, if he lost his bet, if he lost his uh, battle to change the name, he'd sell the club. He's as good as his word. What, have you got any thoughts on this? Do you think this is, is this a, a good idea? Is this um, stomping on years of tradition and and Hull as an institution, or is it is the owners' club? He can do what he wants with it. Well, well let, let's name and shame him first of all. So, so, so the, the owner is Assem Alam. Um, 
I may have pronounced that wrong. It might be a Seema lamb. That's how they but, pronounce um, it in Yorkshire, anyway. Well, uh, how I'd pronounce him is arsehole. <laughs> Why do you buy Hull City and then you, you know what you're buying into? You're buying into a football club. He's a local guy. He's a local guy done well. Why, why do you want to change the tradition of it? You know, shouldn't you just be delighted that they're, they're in the Premier League? And, and earlier, they're in the Europa League, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, wh- why don't you just sort of just take happiness from that rather than trying to upset the apple cart and, and turn it into some sort of crazy American-sounding franchise? You know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't know. I, I just find it quite repulsive. Um well, I can imagine he's probably done it because he feels that there's, um, uh, you know, there's, the, 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 like you said a moment ago, there's money to be made. Um, and while he feels there's money to be made, then he sees it as a viable entity to, to try and change it. I'm not quite sure how much money you make from changing a team from Hull City to Hull Tigers. I don't quite know how that changes your brand. But the the, the whole fans, they, they, want the, they obviously want the club to stay as it is. But if they're going to take the money... From the owner, if he, if he invests in players like Hatton Ben Arthur and Abel Hernandez, um, surely it's his right to change the name of the club. Well, I mean, it, it, asks, it begs the question why he stumped up the cash to buy someone like Hatton Ben Arthur on loan, isn't it? Hmm. Um, but there would be a loan fee involved, wouldn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's not going to come cheap. No. When, when he knows that, you know, a week or so down the line, he's going to drop the bombshell that he's going to sell the club. I, I don't know. I, personally, I think he's um, he's testing the water a little bit. Mm. I think he's 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 threatening the fans, possibly the Premier League as well, to say, you know, look, throw my weight around. Can you let me have my own way? Um, because I, I don't think he's going to sell it, and I think the reason he won't sell it is because I don't think he'll find a buyer very easily. No. No, I think I think Hull City are punching above their weight already. I mean, they've done very, very well to get into the Premier League. Um, you know, what Steve Bruce has done there has been really great. I mean, he has been financially backed. Mm. But... but that's the thing. He has backed managers, or he's backed Steve Bruce, certainly financially. He's... Uh, I think he was there when um, the team got promoted. The, the club were in a better position where they are now with him than before he was there. Well, it's up to him then, isn't it? He's the owner. If he wants to sell, he can. Mm. But only if someone comes in at the right price. And if they don't, well, he's stuck with the club, isn't he? Yeah. He's in a bit of a Randy Lerner situation with Villa. Yeah. How long has Villa been made available for sale? Quite a long time. Well, exactly. But I, he's kind of sort of... He's a, he's never really thrown the money in, has he? I mean, he backed Martin O'Neill, but Martin O'Neill was buying people like Wayne Routledge for one point three million pounds, and you know, he was never. It was ne- he spent a lot of money, but he was never. Um, he never bought it on hugely expensive players, did he? If you see, what I mean, well, he spread it. Yeah, he spread I, it around thinly rather than sort of on a on a few marquee signings, didn't he? Well, well, I'll tell you what, let, let's get it back to Hull. Let's throw it out there. Let's throw it out to uh, people on Twitter. So you know where we are. We're at Man on the Post. If there's any Hull City fans listening, you let us know what you think. What do you think of this guy? What do you think of being rebranded potentially as the Tigers? What do you think should happen? Any good tweets get a shout-out on a Sunday? They might even get a fridge magnet, Chris. A fridge? <laughs> you still can't, still moving house, do you? <laughs> I've, I've still got the fridge magnets. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there you go. You get a free man on the post fridge magnet. Um, now, this is coming on to something you want to talk about. This is talking about financial fair play, uh, the Football League, uh, and Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. Um, What's the story here? Well, the chief executive of the Football League is a guy by the name of Sean Harvey. And uh, I know him only too well. Uh, because he used to be, he, he's had various different positions at Leeds, but he he used to be sort of like the chief exec at Leeds, um, and he was basically the, the the puppet that King Bates controlled, and uh, yeah, he's threatening 
to, uh, you know, unless QPR pay a fine of £40 million, he's going to chuck them out of the top four flights and put them in the conference. Well, that's only if they get relegated, they have to pay that fine. So there's only, there's, there's one simple solution to not paying the fine. Okay, okay. Never get relegated. Um, I can't see that fine particularly working. I, I wasn't aware of that. I don't. I'm not entirely sure exactly how financial fair play works, but I mean, obviously they they failed the financial fair play rules last season, mm. which is what all the you know the championship clubs get based on, uh, judged on this year. Um, but it's just madness, you know, to to accuse a club of sort of, you know, not doing things by the book and and you know, you know, they want to fine them £40 million because they've spent too much on players and things like this. When you've got Manchester United spending God knows how much on Di Maria, you know, and I know they're very different clubs and very different big sizes, but they're essentially in the same league. Um, well, they're run by separate entities, aren't they? The Premier League is run by the Premier League and the, F- the, and the FA run the Football League. Yeah, and QPR are in the Premier League. Yep. So what, what, what can the football... What league do about it? Well, that's the point. That's they, they can't do anything until QPR get relegated. And that's when they'll um, feel their wrath. I think QPR being held up as some kind of test case. I certainly get that feeling. that it's, The FA have introduced these rules. They want to be shown that um, these rules have got teeth. Uh, a big fish like QPR uh, have fallen foul of these rules. So to show that they mean it, rather than go after some smaller club where you know, it might not have as much of an impact, they're going after one of the big boys. And... Um, uh, they could well fall foul of those rules, and, and if they do relegate QPR back to the conference, should QPR get relegated from the Premier League, then it they feel it sends a clear message to all the other um, 72 teams in the Football League. It doesn't matter who you are or how big you are, we will get you for your uh, lack of frugalness. I would, I would. Sorry, I'm using the key in here, but I would love it. I would absolutely love it if the likes of QPR and some championship clubs took it to the Football League and said, right, let's go to court and see exactly how legal your financial fair play fines and transfer embargoes are. Because I don't think there's any validity in them whatsoever. Well, no, I mean, they're in individual companies and entities aren't they? they they can run themselves pretty much wherever they want the only way i can think is if they've signed something to say um we qpr or we the 72 clubs promise to do x y and z and if we don't then we're more than happy to pay this particular fine they have fines upon there's fines imposed on football quite a lot isn't there players get fined for being sent off um clubs get fined for ffp in the champions league as well so they are enforceable and have been enforced at Champions League level. So QPR really are in quite a lot of trouble should they be relegated. But it seems to me, Chris, that this sort of punishment seems to be something that the Football League have put in place for the second tier of English football. And I'm not sure. I'm pretty damn sure the second tier of Italian football, German football, wouldn't have to subscribe to the same sort of punishments. It's something the Football League themselves have decided upon. And you're right, teams did sign up to it, but there's a big but. The goalposts have moved. The Football League moved them. What they signed up to was that if anybody um, broke the rules, that any money from these fines would be distributed to championship clubs who abided by the rules. Okay, Which is basically, you didn't lose more than 8 million quid Mm. last season. Um, the Football League changed that and said, oh, by the way, championship clubs are going to get nothing from these fines. That money is going to go somewhere else, yet to be defined. Charity, possibly. Football charities, football funding, perhaps. But none of the clubs signed up for that. So that's where I think legally there's a, potentially a bit of an issue here. Hmm. I, I think you're quite right in that respect. Um, but at the same time, if clubs have signed up to this, then 
what do they expect if they if they do fall foul? They can't cry cry foul that much. Well, let's see. Let's see if it stands up in court. It'll be interesting. I mean, one thing for sure: if QPR do get relegated to the Championship. There's one team everyone's going to be on: Championship manager or football manager. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, talking of QPR and the Premier League, we're going around to our predictions for um, for this weekend's fixtures. What tends to happen is uh, we read out a fixture, myself, Mark and Emma will discuss the fixture and we'll make a prediction, whether we think it'd be a win, a loss or a draw for a particular team. Uh, and we get one point per correct answer. Now, for the second time this season, neither Mark nor Emma are here. Uh, I didn't do the prediction scores the last time they were here, but this time it's unforgivable. So Colin is going to do the predictions for both... Emma and Mark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So feel free to predict a 25-0 victory for QPR against Man United at Old Trafford. Uh, feel free to do anything like that at all, as long as it helps me. Emma has currently got three points from last week. Mark has got three, and I'm on two. So just to clarify, Chris, the guys get a point if they correctly predict win, lose, or draw. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. You don't have to predict a, a, a correct score, just a, just a result. So first of all, we'll go for Arsenal-Manchester City. This is the early BT sport game. Not a bad BT Sport game, is it? Start the weekend off. No, it's a bit of a cracker, isn't it? Yeah. Danny Welbeck can start against um, his uh, nearest and dearest. Now, they, normally, yeah. Arsenal kind of stuff up against the. Sorry, I interrupted you then. Normally, they kind of stuff up against their top four rivals, don't they? But is this a two-tier Arsenal now? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I earlier predicted a, a draw when Liverpool and Man City met. And Man City were far more convincing, weren't they, when they when they when they beat Liverpool? Yeah. Um, that said, I'm going to stick with it, and I, I reckon this could be a draw. A draw. So that's never a mark for a draw. I think Manchester City will win this one. That's probably where the safe money is, but I've just got a feeling, and uh, yeah, I'd. I'd Put the guys down for a draw. I'll put them down for a draw. No problem. I'm going to go for a Manchester City win. Next fixture is Chelsea-Swansea. I'm sure Mark and Emma said last week that Chelsea and Sw- uh, that uh, Swansea were a shoo-in for this one. Are you winding me up? No, they both said we're not here. Put that. Put, put us down for a Swansea win. You are winding me up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go on, go on, make, a, make a case for Swansea. Well, if, if you look at the table... A second. The two teams are as good as each they other. They are, officially. Nine points each. Yeah. Swansea. Problem is, problem is, it's at Stamford Bridge. Well, Swansea won away at Old Trafford. There's, well, yeah, MK Dons beat Manchester United as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, this, this one's got a Chelsea win all over it for me. Is it? Me too, I'm afraid. Okay, Crystal Palace Burnley is the next one. Um, these are the bottom two playing each other. I hate Neil Warnock. You hate him. Um, oh yes. Why? You're not going to tell me you like him, are you? Well, only because he's got a house in Cornwall, and every team he manages, he brings down over the summer, so you get to see somebody. Oh decent. yeah. Other than that, old... actually, no, he did all right for QPR. Yeah, he got you promoted, didn't he? He got us promoted. He got us promoted by a fair margin. We got we went a bit wobbly the last couple of weeks, but he got us promoted by a fair margin. Got the best out of a Delta wrap, which nobody, even AC Milan, don't seem to have done since. Um, Fulham haven't got the best out with him. Uh, I, yeah, I think he's all right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You've convinced me, Chris. That's why I'm definitely going for a Burnley win. <laughs> I, I think Chris will... Palace flattered to deceive. I think it was was it when they drew against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to be this lucky. I think at some point Burnley's got to get something. Okay, and this is a game where they can get something. Um, I think they'd be very disappointed if they lost. I think they'd be probably happy with the draw, but I think they've probably got this one down as you know what potentially lads we can get we can win this, um, and I think that I think they will. You're going to get Burnley. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give her a draw. I think. Uh, Southampton, Newcastle. Nice little early start for any Saints fans. I like Newcastle, Chris. I like them. I, th- I think 
they've still got a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to gel. Um, but I rate them. I reckon they could do well this year. Not crazily well. They're not going to threaten the the top of the league. But um, I know it's at Southampton, a long way away from home for Newcastle. But I reckon Newcastle could nick this by a goal. So I'm going to go for a Newcastle win. You're a brave man. This this fixture was played last season after Newcastle was safe and really pretty much stopped trying. So I think Southampton won this one last season. But you think Newcastle but, win at Southampton? It's a very different Southampton. Um, yeah, they're eighth at the moment. They got four four points from three games. Newcastle have got two points from three games. I don't know. I'm going for a Southampton win. I think it's a very brave choice of you there. Okay, we'll see. I'm trying to think what you'd be basing that on. I honestly can't see. No, I think I think Newcastle have bought well. I think they've actually got some good players in there. Mm. And I think Pardew just needs a little bit of time to get them gelling, get them working, and I think you'll see something good there. The BBC website today says Pardew's got two games. Well, I mean, I don't believe that for a fact. I mean, you know, I'm sure Mike Ashley loves him. He might be alone. So, so, well, it, well, he might be, but he's he's a guy in charge, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, the thing the thing is, if you get rid of Alan Pardew, who'd you get in? Oh, there's always someone that would do it, isn't it? I mean, there's there's only 92 managerial positions, and there's a lot more than 92 managers out of work across the continent. You'd definitely find somebody. There's not much quality out there who's available at the moment, though, is there? Does yeah. Dave Hockaday? <laughs> he's available. He's cheap. He's very cheap. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get the feeling Pardew's got a very overinflated, overinflated sense of his worth. I remember him being interviewed when he was the Reading manager, and they, they somebody asked him who he thought the best team were, and he said, "Oh, we're the you know we're the best team. I think uh, we we're vastly underrated." And he, he said things similar when he was manager of West Ham as well. I think he thinks he's something a bit special. Don't say that to his face, Chris. He'll probably punch you. That's true. You know what it's like. <laughs> He's a loose cannon. Okay, well, we'll go with your uh, Newcastle prediction then. Okay, Stoke Leicester is the next one. Ooh. This is a toughie, um, isn't it? What are Stoke going to do? Are they going to play for the draw? Against Leicester at home. <laughs> Leicester have been all right, though, haven't they? They have been all right. They haven't got Bojan, though. It's... Whenever Stoke is mentioned, I feel uneasy. Um, I would. This stands out to me as a nil-nil draw. So I'd, I'd go for the draw for, for Mark and Emma. For Drury. Uh, I'm going to go for a Stoke win. I think Leicester are pretty good. I think they're going to be vastly underrated. I was on the show last year when um, the transfer window closed and uh, last August, and I was asked who the best transfer was, and one of the things I forgot to say was I think a, a good piece of business by Leicester was getting Casper Schmeichel to sign a contract extension. I think he could be a big difference in this year. Him and Wes, oh, him and Wes Morgan in defence. Oh, he's he's a he's a lovely keeper. Is Casper Schmeichel? Um, I remember him from his time at Leeds, and he was rudely um, chucked out by Simon Grayson. Um, what for? Just, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't like he didn't, him. He didn't like him, and he didn't even know that he was getting sold. Um, when he got in touch with Grayson, said, "What's this about? About I'm going?" He said, "Yeah, you're off." So, read into that what you will, but uh, yeah, I always like Casper Schmeichel when he played for Leeds. Mm. I was very surprised he's not uh, he's not getting the Premier League sooner. There's only one small. Well, <laughs> I'm not pardon the pun. There's only one small issue with him. Yeah, he's not the tallest goalkeeper in the world. He seems very dexterous, though. But, um, is that the right way? Or sort of flexible? He seems, he seems like very athletic. Is probably what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he's a big fan of the star shape. Yeah, he is, isn't he? I, I quite like yeah. that. Yeah, he's got that off his dad. Uh, Sunderland Tottenham is the next one. This is the, the Stadium of Light. So uh, Sunderland are in thirteenth place on two points. Tottenham. We're in sixth on six points. This is a tricky one. Do you not think? I think it's a very tricky one because 
Not for the top. I mean, you kind of know what you're going to expect from Tottenham, but you never know what you're going to expect from Sunderland. If it was the other way around, if it was Spurs-Sunderland, you'd go Spurs every day of the week. Yeah. But you wouldn't really want to put your money on Tottenham, would you? No. Against Sunderland, who can be hit and miss. And they've yet to... They've been a little bit missed so far. Um, I think last time out, Spurs... Was it the last game where the Spurs lost to Liverpool? So maybe they're they're either reeling or they'll be looking out to get get on the rebound. But I, you're right, it's just Gus Poirier and the team that they have there. You've got the feeling that with a bit of time, with a bit of effort, that could be a really, really good Sunderland team. Spurs were abject against Liverpool as well. Yeah. Um, Spurs made Liverpool look very, very good. Um, so, you know, you maybe argue a case for Sunderland. But then the thing is, the draw stands out. But then, I'm not entirely sure it will end up as a draw. Um, I, I like how you're making me go first, Chris. Um, I should I go first this one? I'm going to go for a Sunderland win. Oh, you are, yeah. Yeah. Crikey. In which case, I will go for the draw. The draw. Oh. I'm not confident, but I'll go for the draw. Uh, West Brom, Everton. This is Everton all the way, surely, isn't it? Well, again, Everton haven't been great, have they? But Everton have got too much, surely. I would have thought so. I'd, I'd say an Everton win. Okay, okay. Liverpool, Aston Villa. Now, last season, Liverpool 2 0 down against Aston Villa and scraped a draw at home. Uh, what do you think will happen this time? Aston Villa, they're third at the moment, Villa. Yes, they are. Um, that won't last long. No. I can imagine. It won't last long. They won't be there in May. Um, I think, I, I believe in a previous podcast, you, you may have sort of poo pooed. Joe for predicting that Liverpool would win the league. Uh, Is that correct? Yes, I certainly did. I edit the Man of the Post Extra podcast now, mm-hmm. and uh, as soon as Joe said that, I started applauding because that's exactly what I predicted. Do you think Liverpool are going to win the Premier League? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Are you crazy? No, I'm not. Well, you are. But... No, I'm... <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, you're always negative on Liverpool. I know why, being a Liverpool fan as well. But um, it's not so much no, that. I just I, think that. I mean, Liverpool have got the players. They've got a very, very good squad. I think in some ways they're strengthened by Suarez leaving. But I just think that there's better teams than Liverpool. I wouldn't disagree with you. I wouldn't disagree with you. But I don't think. I think potentially Liverpool have got the best harmony, the best in inverted commas team. Ethic. Um, I think they all play for each other. I don't think now. I think now that uh, Suarez is out of the picture, there's no real prima donnas. Obviously, Gerard is the guy that everybody looks up to. But uh, no, I, I rate Liverpool, and so there is no doubt in my mind this is going to be an easy Liverpool win. Easy Liverpool win. Easy Liverpool win. I would say, I would probably say three nil, something like that. Do you think? Yeah, I like, I like the. Yeah, you're making me feel good. I like what you're saying. This is this is where Villa hit the wall. This is this is the where they hit reality, mm. and they, they start to dip off a little bit for me. Would well, you know what? You've convinced me. I'm going to go for a Liverpool win as well. Not something I do often on here. Sunday's game is Manchester United versus Queens Park Rangers. Now, where were you, Colin, on New Year's Day, 1992? New Year's Day, 1992. Yep. Oh, is that when Leeds beat them? No. I went top of the table. No, no, no we, we help you. New Year's Day, 1992, oh. Manchester United 1, Queen's Park Rangers 4, a Dennis Bailey hat-trick. Look it up on YouTube. It's absolutely amazing. Wow. One of the greatest days of being a football fan in my life, that was. So you're going to predict a QPR win, then? No. Am <laughs> <laughs> I heck? No. Um... Making a case for QPR, Manchester United haven't started very strongly at all. Uh, Swansea have got a result. Obviously, MK Dons have got a result. Um, they've only got a couple of draws. Manchester United haven't won. And, all, and we're in mid-September. Now, 
QPR won last time they played. Um, they've got a better defence. Stephen Corker, Rhea Ferdinand, Rob Green's not doing that bad. Um, Charlie Austin has started finding the net. So you, there's a case there to make for QPR. Manchester United, God knows. I mean, have you got any idea what kind of team or formation they're going to play? Post-transfer window. Not really. You've got very talented. Very talented up front. Yeah, well, you not much at the back. You've got De Gea in goal, I should imagine, and then you're going to have uh, you'd have Shaw, Rocco, and Jones as your three defenders. Then what do you do? I mean, you've got up front. You'll have Van Persie and Falcao. Uh, you'd have Di Maria left wing, um, and then you'd have uh, you'd have Rooney central midfield, Mata Herrera, and David Blint on the right. Would you? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm. Phil Jones has got a hamstring injury, I think. Oh, he has, hasn't he? So that's one. What I would class as a good player out of the mix. Um, the, th- the thing is, you, you look at this and you've got to think well, Manchester United have got to turn the corner at some They've got to win at some point. And they're at home. Hmm. But I'm not sure they will. You're, go on then, you're not sure. You think it will be I'm what? I'm not sure. You think a happy return for Rio? <laughs> well, I'm going to go for a Manchester United win. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because aside from that victory at Old Trafford in New Year's Day 1992, we haven't had some hell of a Tonkins there. You know what? I'm going to go for the draw. Yeah. Yeah, until until Manchester United actually win a game, I'm not going to have any confidence in them. Um, so I'm going to go for the draw. I could be completely wrong, but I'm going to go for the draw. All right, well, let's put you down for a draw. I mean, to be fair, it only affects Mark and Emma. So, yeah, say draw if you want. You can even give a QPR victory if you're feeling confident. I'm not that confident. <laughs> uh, Monday's game. Now, after a, a long, hard slog at the start of the week at work at a Monday you come home you crack open a can of beer and just what you want to see is Hull versus West Ham <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll get you to sleep I reckon this has got nil-nil written all over it you reckon I think so this has got Hull hammering down the West Ham door for 90 minutes a bit of 19th century defending from West Ham and it's going to be nil-nil I, I actually you know, I mentioned about Newcastle earlier. I actually like West Ham as well, but I've seen them play very well. I've seen them play very poorly. Um, the fact, though, it's on a Monday night in Hull, that doesn't bode well for West Ham. And I just think Hull may be a little bit buoyant. I think Steve Bruce might sort of use what's happened with what we discussed earlier mm. about the club being put up for sale and say, right. We prove a point here, um, so I'd go for a whole win. Mm. What part of West Ham do you like? I, I, I just when it works, it works. They, they they pass it around. There's obviously a potential issue up front, you know, whether you're using Carlton Cole at the moment. But no, I think they've got something about. They'll, they'll definitely be safe this season, in my opinion. Um, but is that due to them being good or the fact there's just three crapper teams? I, I don't think West Ham are that bad. I really don't. I mean, when they, when they are bad, they can be very bad. Yeah. But when, they, when they're good, they can also be very good. They're a bit meh, aren't they? They can be. They can be. But I think they've still got enough solid citizens in there. You know, the likes of Mark Noble mm. um, and Kevin Nolan to you know, help them out. So, yeah, I have, I have a bit of a soft spot for West Ham. And obviously, you know, I'm based in the South East now. And uh, so all the fans around me are West Ham fans. They're all hammers. So uh, I get a lot of West Ham information. Um, but even with all that, I, I can't argue a case for, for West Ham in this game. So, yeah, whole win. Whole win. Okay, okay. Right, well, that brings us to the end of our predictions. Uh, thank you ever so much, Colin, for the... Man U QPR draw and the Newcastle win. Well, hopefully that will help me out come the end of the season. Um, that also brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Is there anything you'd like to talk about, mention or plug? 
No, I don't think there is particularly. Just the usual information. You know, you know where to go to to get um, some really interesting football articles. That's manonthepost.com. You can also directly download the podcast there as well. There's a link to download it. But obviously, we're on iTunes as well. So if you subscribe to iTunes, you get all the podcasts, whether it be Extra Time or the Sunday podcast. So um, feel free to subscribe to that if you like. And as always, you know, if you like what we do, maybe you don't like what we do, give us some feedback. Um, you can rate and review us on iTunes. And, yeah, feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter, at Man on the Post. I can't believe for a moment there's anybody out there that doesn't like us. Well, I hope not. No, I can't think so at all. Okay, well, that's yeah, you can follow us at Man on the Post. If they want to follow you on Twitter, how, what do they could do, Colin? Yeah, I'm at Cass707, that's C-A-S-707. Okay, and you'll be back on Sunday with uh, Ross and everybody else? All being well, yes, I'll be there. Excellent, so you look out for that as a download on Monday, reviewing all the uh, action from the Premier League and Football League, and the betting tips as well. So thank you ever so much for listening, thank you for coming on, Colin. More than welcome, great to be here. Yeah, good to have you. And always remember to keep your man on the post. All right, there you go. I did I did some outtakes. I did some little bits and pieces. I did a little sort of automated voice intro and things like that. Oh, do you take requests on those? Why would you like in? One of Primal Screen died today, so if you could have Kowalski by Primal Screen, be much obliged. Da 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 da